Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 62. Today, I'm interviewing Whitney Eckes about how to run a healthy online business. Some of us have been working online for years, managing teams through Zoom and Google Docs. But for others, these past few months have been a sudden and rushed transition to virtual business. The good news is Whitney is a total virtual work genius and knows how to create a team atmosphere even when employees live coast to coast. If you have virtual employees, hope to one day lead a virtual team yourself, or you are a virtual employee, this is the episode for you. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. She turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you. Whitney, thank you so much for being on Zimmerman Podcast. I'm super excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be a great conversation because we are talking today about working remotely, talking about that, you know, virtual office game. And right now, as we're recording this, we are in the middle of, you know, the COVID-19 lockdown. So I I know I'm no stranger to the virtual work game. In fact, my team has been virtual for a couple of years, and I know I have loved every minute of it. There's so much that I have been able to do because I've taken my team, you know, completely remote. So why don't you first start off and let us know, just tell the audience what it is that you do, what your business does, and why you, uh, you know, love working virtually. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a creative marketing agency. We've basically cornered the market in social media management. And then from there, extended our services out to be a full service marketing agency. So we work with everything from influencers to event production, to online advertising, you know, strategy, anything like that, and basically do everything customizable. Wow, that's really fun. That's good. What made you want to get into that line of work? I've actually been in it for the last seven years. I actually started in college working for Red Bull. And then from there, I've worked my way up, got a little bit established in the hospitality industry. So I've worked with Marriott, Hilton, Starwood Properties, all over the nation and was running all of their basically digital marketing. Wow, that's incredible. For a lot of people, the work from home virtual office life is a new thing. But for some people, this is just same old, same old, like you and me, we've been doing this a little bit. Tell me about how the virtual work life fits into a new age marketing model. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's so easy, right? It's so easy to be able to market yourself nowadays um, with just kind of the 
boom of social media and online communities that have just really built up in the last couple of years, it's, it's amazing that you're able to do so much work in the marketing field from home, right? All you need is honestly some Wi-Fi and, you know, internet, and you're able to really cultivate and get your brand messaging out there, not on just one platform, but on many. So whether you're going through Google, whether you're going through social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, all those good things, or you're even going into email marketing and creating, you know, different funnels or different ways of, you know, really touching your consumer. There's so many different avenues that you can go. So when we talk about working from home, you know, you really don't need, you know, a huge office or huge overhead. What you do need is, you know, just the ability to create. And again, that comes with, you know, you don't need that much to really make it happen. It's interesting because I had a a business in downtown Conway, a 6,000 square foot building and a team of people. And my right hand gal, Kelly, she came to me one day. She had been working with me for years and she said her fiance was being transferred to Florida and I live in Arkansas or in the, in the studio is in Arkansas. I said, okay, well, I'm not losing you. So you can take that computer with you and you're still going to be on the team. And that was kind of the beginning for me of working virtually because I knew how trustworthy she was. I knew what a great employee she was. And I didn't want to lose her. And I thought we will figure it out. And I continued to work at the studio and it wasn't until gosh, less than a year ago that I was sitting in that studio all by myself because at, at that point, this is, you know, fast forward a couple of years after Kelly moved to Florida, I, it was just me. Like my whole team was virtual at that point because I realized how easy, not not just easy it was, but honestly, for me as an employer, it was so much more beneficial because I didn't feel like I had to be checking in on people or asking how they're doing or, you know, leading all day. It, I could get my own work done and trust that they're going to get their work done and just get it to me by the deadline. And so I was sitting in this studio and I thought, there's no reason for me to be here anymore. I need to sell this building, get rid of the overhead and move home and just work from a room in my home, which is exactly what I did. And it's been, it's been a really great experience. What do you like about working virtually? Yeah, I mean, I kind of love that approach too, right? When you're in office, people tend to come knock on the door or ask a lot of questions. You get interrupted Um, a lot more, for sure. For sure, absolutely. So I think what I like most is, yeah, I feel like the productivity from working from home is a lot higher. I feel like I get a lot more done. Um, I also feel like it gives me a lot of more thinking time and clarity, right? Like, where am I going to drive the agency? You know, how am I going to kind of guide the ship? So it's not so much of like putting out fires anymore. It's a lot more of, like you said, getting things done, being uninterrupted and then having that time and mental clarity to be able to think bigger. I think it also gives you a lot more white space, if you know what I mean, just margin in your day. You can either come in and be super hyper-focused and knock a ton of things out, or I know there are some days where I am working and I'm just not in the groove and I think, okay, I need to just go chill for a minute, go read a couple chapters of a book or go watch something on Netflix for 30 minutes just to, you know, get back in the groove somehow. And I think when you're working around other people, you don't feel like you can do that. You know what I mean? So you just sit there and then you get miserable and you feel stuck and it allows you to just kind of do your own thing. And somehow you really are much more productive, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you talked about like kind of stepping away from the office because I feel like, you know, if you are someone that makes a commute, you know, to an office or you have your own space for your team, you know, there it's it's a lot harder to walk away, right? It's a lot harder to get, like you said, that white space or that time to kind of do yourself to take a mental break or a mental check-in and then move forward, you know, with the rest of your day. And here's what it really is, is everyone works differently. We all work so differently. And so the way I work isn't going to be the way Kelly works. We work very differently. Kelly starts a day with a list and she feels achievement when all of those you know, uh, boxes have been checked off. And, you know, tomorrow she starts with a new list. And I, I work, you know, more on a project by project basis. And so I understand that my project might take a week and there might be, you know, three days that I'm just going hard at it. And then there's a couple days that I need, you know, to get some inspiration or walk outside to get that creativity or something. And I think, when you work virtually, you're able to really assume the best of one another and not compare your work ethic to someone else's versus being in an office space right there with someone. I think you do. You just go, oh, they're not going to understand that I need to go take a walk for an hour and they're going to think I'm not working, even though this is my work process. So then you then you just don't do it and then you're not doing your best work. And I also think that For me, the people that I hire, and I have a team of nine people, and we all work virtually, I think that it's got to be the right kind of person. It's got to be someone who's self-motivated, who doesn't need to be micromanaged. There are some people that need that want to be checked in on a lot and want to be told good job every step of the way. And I know as an employer, I'm I'm not that I can't be that for somebody. And I know as an if if I was an employer, as I am a team member, you know, with these people, I definitely want to be given my own space and the respect to do my work the way I think is best. And so for me, I've seen nothing but positive outcome from it. Do you think working online works for everyone? Or do you think some people or or some industries need the face-to-face business model? I think I no, I think absolutely. There's some industries that it works better with face to face. You know, I come from a very long uh, line of entrepreneurs. My our family business has been around for the last 75 years, and um, it's really interesting to see the way that I work versus the way that my father works versus the way that my you know my grandpa works versus the way that my great grandfather works. So they're very in person, handshake, traditional guys, um, and actually we've been around for, let's see, yeah, 75 years. This is the first year that they've ever even considered digital marketing or implementing something where you could, you know, potentially have a team working remotely for you. So for them, you know, I think that there, there are still industries out there, right. Where they need that face-to-face, they need that work environment where they're communicating with, you know, another human being, or there's that kind of personal touch, And so I think when you, it just depends, like what you said, kind of how you work and what your work ethic is most successful. I think it also is really great for people who are time motivated or even money motivated, because I know for me, I'm completely motivated by time. So I want as many hours in the day 
to do whatever I want to do <laughs> with them. <laughs> so I can come in, be super hyper-focused and get a lot done in a short amount of time. I also think people who are money motivated, meaning, because I, I think that's a question I get asked a lot. I don't know about you, but well, how do you pay people? Well, I pay people a, a salary based on a certain amount of hours, you know? So if I'm going to pay, let's say, an admin assistant for four hours of work a day, Monday through Friday, an average, so that's 20 hours a week, you know, and I'm going to pay them, um, you know, an average of $20 an hour. Well, if they want to, or you could do $10 an hour, whatever it is, well, they might be able to get all that work done in two hours a day, which that means they've doubled their pay. Uh, you know, you've got to work with people who can become really masters of efficiency. Yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah, I think I'm the same way. I'm definitely time motivated. I think that there's some people on my team that are probably more money motivated. But, you know, again, I'm a, I'm very ambitious. I'm a big dreamer. So for me, having that entrepreneurial spirit is my time is kind of like my equity, right? Like that's where I want to really build. I want to have as much free time as possible with still doing things that, you know, and things that I love. Absolutely. How does team building differ in an online work world, do you think? Um, I think that you have to work a little bit harder at it. And I think that you definitely have to develop a culture for it. So one of the things that we have been doing is actively implementing, you know, team building events or team building bonding time. Recently, this last call, I believe it was actually yesterday, we did a mental check-in and just kind of did like a group mental health workshop as a team. We also have a couple different things that we're planning to do, you know, with some team building and just some team bonding, like a wine and paint night or a virtual happy hour. Because I do think that if you're especially working remotely, if you're only showing up just to talk about the hard things. Sometimes from what I've seen, um, team members can kind of burn out a little bit, right? Especially right now in this really, really sensitive time where everyone, regardless of whether or not they want to work from home or they don't, is being forced to work from home. I feel like for me to see my team be a success I want them to show up and enjoy what they're doing, you know, whether that is remote or in office. So we've actively been implementing these different kind of activities to really help our company culture thrive. That That's a great idea. Yeah, that's really good. We do a team meeting every two weeks just as a check-in just to, you know, for everyone who's, because we have like the core team, right? Who's kind of involved in all aspects of the business. And then we have people who are only, you know, involved in certain aspects. So, but that core team, we meet every other week for about an hour just to kind of check in. We can all see each other's faces and we still, you know, you get to see we are part of a team. And I think that does a lot for us because you're right. And for me, I could do everything, honestly, by shooting an email or doing a, a Voxer or something like that. But I do have people on my team who need to see me every now and then or who need to see other members of the team. And I recognize that. So that's why I try to do that. But yeah, it's interesting to to always find out like how other people do it. Do you look for different skills when you're hiring someone virtually than you would if you know you were working with them face-to-face? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the way in which we hire is we always try to hire, we try, always try to hire like one trait that they're 
an expert in, right? So whether that's graphic design or whether they are just really, really good at um, pitching or they're really good at establishing relationships with clients or they just have a knack for social media strategy. We really try to hone in on like that one aspect. So when we build a team, our team, basically each of them has like one specific area that they're an expert in. And we really encourage that, right? We really encourage that one thing that they can make their baby. So that's the way in which we kind of hire. I also find that working virtually eliminates drama. That's one thing. I mean, even back, gosh, 10 years ago, when I opened up my build at my business, I remember everyone that I hired, I said, I don't want to know your boyfriend's name, your girlfriend's name. I don't want to know about your best friend. Like you leave all your personal stuff at the door because when you come in here, we're here to work. But it it's impossible if you wake up and you've had a bad morning or something to come in and not see that on someone's face, you know, and then you're asking them well, what happened and and it just gets people off track. Whereas I find working virtually, you really are able to kind of eliminate all of that kind of work drama, which is really, really wonderful. It's funny that you say that. I think it does kind of cut out a lot of the kind of like office chatter. And that's something that I feel like I've seen, right? Like it does kind of, in a sense, isolate that. So it it takes out all that drama. It takes out all the kind of office chatter and things like that. I hope this episode is blowing your mind so far. For years, I hated Pinterest, and I held a grudge for the clients it stole from me when it first came out on the scene. But believe me when I say, Pinterest has earned my forgiveness. Today, I do almost all of my marketing through Pinterest, and I get inquiries from big-budget, ideal clients every single week. If you want to start using Pinterest to get leads and money in the bank, you need the power of pinning. Check it out now at thepowerofpinning.com. What's one tool that you've had to access since working online? I love right now we have a project manager that I love. I'm I'm huge in just really amazing platforms. I mean, obviously that's kind of where my bread and butter is in the social media like field. So when I find, you know, a program or a different piece of technology that just helps us and really skyrockets our productivity, I'm all about it. So the first one that I'm a huge fan of is Monday. It is a paid service, but it is something that actively helps keep track of all of our different clients, all of our different movements, and then also provides uh, status updates either via text, via Slack or email, which is amazing. Um, Huge fan of Slack. I think Slack is really fun. I'm actually seeing more and more companies and organizations like create Slack channels for their consumers, which I think is a really unique idea. And being able to have that kind of personal conversation from a brand to a community, I think is really amazing. So those are kind of my two that I'm I'm pretty fond of. Do you have any apps or anything on your phone that you use a lot with working virtually? Yeah, I would say that we use quite often. I mean, besides like the editing apps, we love our scheduler, which is later. It's a really great social media scheduler and platform. 
again, going back to Monday, Monday basically runs through my phone. It's really nice that it provides updates via text or via Slack or anything like that. So yeah, those two. And then if we're talking like editing apps, Lightroom, Photoshop, all those fun things. All those good things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it takes to be a good online employee? I think to be a good online employee, you know, I think it's really interesting that you kind of talked about, you know, when you work from home or when you run a business from home, there's opportunity to not have to micromanage your team, right? And there's opportunities on the on the flip side for them to allow you to have that space to get things done and be more productive. So I think in order to be a good online employee, I think that you have to have a certain level of work discipline. Right. We kind of talked about ensuring that, you know, you're able to get things done, whether your time, you know, your time focused or money oriented. I think that you need to be able to set up a schedule for yourself. You need to be able to get your tasks done, you know, without having kind of big brother behind you, making sure that you're working and getting everything done on a timely basis. So I think that you really just have to have that discipline. Absolutely. I think self-discipline is really, is really important. You just have to be, I always say it's not about motivation. It's about commitment. It's just, you get up and you, you do it. What about being an online boss? What do you think it takes? What skills do you think it takes to be an online boss? And what do you need in addition, you know, to discipline? Yeah, I think you need to have a really clear level of communication. That's one thing that I've seen is I'm not very big on micromanaging my team, Again, we talked about how I hire and I hire people that I know that are experts in you know specific areas. And through the project manager, you know, they're assigned their tasks and they're assigned deadlines that they need to meet. But I think, you know, really communicating the vision and being, you know, just a very young agency, I would have to say that vision is everything. You know, getting my team fired up, getting them excited to, you know, sign new clients, getting them excited to work on new clients or to work on, you know, current clients. There has to be that clear level of like we're all in this together and I'm, you know, I am your biggest cheerleader. So I think one way is that I'm always over communicating with the team. Whether it's, you know, a funny GIF of, you know, an informational YouTube video or educational YouTube video, or just again, like a mental check-in or team building, I'm always communicating with them. And I want them to feel constantly like they're a part of something bigger because when they have that passion and they feel involved in the company and not just like they're an employee, their work is exponential. Now, again, this is also too kind of coming from a creative perspective, being a creative marketing agency, our content is always quality first and not quantity. So when I see my team excited about something, I see the best work put forward. So that's something that I've really had to ensure that I'm doing my best at is over communicating with my team and not just about task and day to day, but about the vision and how important their work is. I love what you said there about the excitement. Last summer, I stayed home with my kids for the first time in since they've been born. <laughs> I stayed home all summer with them. And so I let my team know I, you know, I will be checking in via email and all of that. But I am with the kids this summer. So that, it was just two months. It wasn't that, you know, crazy. But I had never done that before. And when I came back in August... I could I could definitely tell over the course of the summer that things just weren't as 
good as they had been. Everyone was still doing their work. Everyone was still getting things done, you know, ahead of schedule and all of those things. It just, there was this, almost this shift in energy, if you will. And it's interesting how even though you can have people all over the country and even, you know, uh, we even have uh, people who aren't in the U.S. who work with us, but there's still like a business work environment energy, even though people are, you know, spaced out all over. But I found, you know, when I came back, one of the team members said to me, we need to see you and hear your voice because when you talk to us, you are so excited about an idea or about something coming up. It's just different when we see you and we hear from you and we get excited. We feed off of that energy. And I think that that was such a crucial learning point for me is that that energy is not transferred through email, at least in in our team. And so that is why we now do those biweekly meetings. If it's, if nothing else, then for me to get on there and be like, I'm, I'm really excited about what's coming up next, or aren't y'all thrilled? And I know you're working hard on that. It's going to be great. You know, just like you said, just to get people excited. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? There's actually this really amazing book that you just made me think of. It's by Kim Scott. It's called Radical Candor. And it's basically about the communication line that you have as being a boss to your employees. And I think that it's really important too. Like, I love what you talked about, about the vacation or staying home with the kids and still checking in and still being present via email, but how that energy was shifted, right? And so in this book, it really dives into kind of the the energy between employer to employee. And I even felt that. I took basically like my first real vacation from the agency last year and I went to Europe and I spent about three weeks in Europe and I was working the first two weeks and then I told them, okay, look, I'm going to unplug for the last week. We're going, you know, out to some islands and we're going to, I'm not going to be basically available. And I came back to find that same energy where something wasn't right. It didn't feel it didn't feel healthy. It didn't feel exciting. It didn't feel good. It felt like, oh my gosh, you're finally back. Here's what needs, you know, we're so happy. Like it was almost like a relief that I had Mm -hmm. come back. And so I think that we, you know, especially being your own boss and being an entrepreneur, we build and build and build and build. And we, we also have to remember that we kind of have to maintenance the machine too, right? We have to give it love. We have to keep it going. We have to give it kind of that lifeblood of that energy. And so it is hard. And I think that every entrepreneur or boss kind of faces that is how do you take time to yourself? How do you juggle that energy, but also ensuring that you do get some time off because you clearly deserve it. But it, it's, it's like a learning game. It really is. Yeah, it is. But it, it's worth learning. It re- It is totally worth learning. When you're helping brands communicate and market online, are there things that can help brands stand out? Absolutely. Um, I think right now... And I'm I'm gonna kind of speak to the gener you know the millennial generation and um, even Gen Z that's really just kind of taking over. They have really thrown traditional marketing out the door, and it's really interesting to see the way that brands now um, the successful ones show up for their consumer. And I think right now, number one, obviously creating an ecosystem in the digital space, whether that is social media, or again, we talked about 
you know, organic, you know, messaging or just your strategy overall being online and being present, but also to being transparent. You know, we're seeing this huge shift of where millennials and Gen Z, they don't receive marketing. They don't receive advertising. They don't receive it like, you know, our parents or our parents' parents did. So what we see now is that they have so many different options that they really choose the product in which they feel a connection with or they feel some sort of loyalty to, whether that's transparency, whether that's, you know, authenticity, whether it's brand personality, just the packaging alone. So the best way for a brand to show up in marketing right now is to stay true to their core values and to spotlight them. Corner the market and what makes your brand you and what makes your brand different than any other different type of brand. I love this story. There's a there's a story about this date company. Um, I believe they're out of either Arizona or California, and it's called Jolie's Dates. I don't know if you've seen them or if you guys have them out there. They've been this huge date farm that have has been a family business, has been passed down from generation to generation. And they always had this very standard packaging. Then finally, I believe it was their children they decided that they wanted to rebrand the packaging and they wanted to make it colorful. They wanted to use some cool fonts. They really wanted it to stand out, you know, and especially for dates, right? Dates kind of have this underlying, like kind of stereotypical, like, you know, most people don't really go for dates when they go to the grocery store as their favorite fruit or favorite, you know, type of dessert. Anyway, so the kids completely rebranded it and they have skyrocketed in their sales. And it was just because they were like, they wanted to refresh, but they wanted to also make their brand and their business kind of sexy and cool. And so I love that story because it's been this major, major successful business, but all they really did was just show up in a, in an authentic way and say, we want to just, you know, adjust the packaging and make it a little bit cooler. And it just took off. Yeah, definitely. All you can do is be as real as you possibly can, and you'll find your people. I think, you know, remembering that you can't be everything to everybody is is key. <laughs> but yeah, I love that story. That's really good. Want to know the first step to booking more clients? You've got to have a website. And not just any website, but a site built to book. If you're just starting your business, you're probably wondering how you can share about your work, gain clients, and start making money. The answer to all of these things is your website. When I first started my business, I didn't have the money to pay a professional brand expert to create the brand you see here today, but I didn't have to. I used the resources I had to invest in my business and create a brand that would attract the type of client I wanted to work with, supported by a website that was built to transform searching brides into lifelong clients. If you want a simple guide to how to create a site that books without having to invest thousands in a branding expert before you're ready, you need a winning website. To learn more, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. So people complain a lot, and maybe this is more my generation, but I, people complain all the time about their market being, you know, oversaturated, but I really believe there's room for everyone. I mean, I, I just think, you know, if you put 
your stuff out there, you are going to attract some people. Do you have any tips for practically and mentally, you know, owning your space online? Yeah, put your blinders on. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think this word saturation really came from like the social media boom because even in marketing, you really haven't heard that word thrown around or you haven't heard people use the excuse of not starting a business because it's such an oversaturated market. You just nailed it right there though. That's all it is, is an excuse. It really is. And I really do think it just came with the boom of social media because we're now, instead of, you know, not having access, we have instant access to everyone and everything. So we see everything. It's like information overload. And how could you not get overwhelmed and feel like, well, how is my product going to stand up against the 27 others? Yeah, I don't believe in it at all. I'm a huge fan. It's really funny. My boyfriend and I have always had this dream of creating our own tequila company. We love tequila. He used to live down in Mexico and we were actually chatting about it yesterday and we brought all the tequila bottles that we had in our house. We had like Casa Azul, we had Don Julio, we had, you know, your simple Jose Cuervo. We had all these different types of bottles. And we kind of were like sitting there like, wow, like how are we going to be different? And we started talking about us and we started talking about the way in which like how we liked tequila or what we wanted it to look like. And I think just that right there, right? Like putting on your blinders, continuing to do what you love and just hyper-focusing on that. Of course, market research is necessary. Of course, doing a comp set analysis is always good. You know, you need to understand where you stand in the market, but that doesn't matter. I think what it matters is what you put into it and how what you want to see. And I'm a big, firm believer in looking at your success point and then planning backward to get there. And so if you're letting things like saturation or you know, the comparison mindset from social media or from the digital space, you know, affect you, you really need to just close that out and really hyper-focus on on what you want to do, what success looks like for you. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So good. Okay. This is the final question. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. Here we go. Okay. If you had Oprah's money, okay, so, you know, billions of dollars (laughs) and you had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish, what would you buy? I'd probably buy that tequila company, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. I think you should. Um, if I had Oprah's money, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a again, being a huge dreamer and being very, very overly ambitious, I think I would take it and invest in all the things that I've always wanted to do. I've always loved the idea of a winery. I've always loved the idea of a tequila company. I've always loved the idea of, you know, starting a product and making it be something that I've always wanted and really cultivating a line of products or something in the business space that for me, right? And I almost, I love that idea because I've seen so many great products that started that way, just started by one person wanting to make it their way or make it better, and so I love that idea, and I hope I get to that point someday for sure. I do too. I, I will buy your tequila. Tequila is my drink of choice. <laughs> oh, I'll just send you I a bottle. Prefer, um, <laughs> I drink Casamigos, the Reposado. Reposado? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and the Blanco. I like them both. It is. They they have done they have done very well for themselves. George George has taken his dollars and he's invested in it. So you could take you know your Oprah dollars <laughs> and do it and do quite well for yourself. That. 
(laughs) I believe it. I believe it. Okay. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so, so much for, you know, spending this time and, and giving us all your great advice. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, absolutely. So everything can pretty much be found by my name. So Whitney Eckes is my Instagram handle. Eckes Marketing is the agency's Instagram handle. And then EckesMarketing.com is our website. Then you can also find our podcast called Under the Influence by Whitney Eckes. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Whitney. I've really enjoyed this. Absolutely, Jessica. Thank you so much. Whitney, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I had so many practical takeaways from Whitney today, and I know you did too. I hope you feel encouraged and reminded that you can build a business virtually without sacrificing the team relationships you really value. This week, I want you to give yourself permission to do work in a way that really works for you. Whether that's taking a lot of breaks for walks to build creative energy, or putting your phone in another room so you can focus on projects without distractions, use this time as a chance to explore your own personal work style. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to hear more, do me a favor, share, subscribe, and review Zimmerman Podcast. Your feedback helps us create more free content like this. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week here on Zimmerman Podcast. If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.